0: Well, good morning, friends and family, and uh, those who are visiting. We have uh, an opportunity to meet together, and we're from Minnesota to Texas and possibly Alaska to somewhere out in the East Coast. And we're just thankful to be together, and we look forward to soon. I, if I understand correctly, tomorrow the 18th, they will begin to uh, continue to move toward opening things up and gathering in still very small groups but things are going to begin to change again and we're glad for that and for those of us who haven't been able to see one another and we are we're missing each other and we look forward to the day when we can be together whether it's uh, one-on-one two-on-two but certainly as we meet together Soon again as a as a church family in a more corporate setting, but until then we use uh, What the Lord gives us and we make the most of our time? And so we're thankful for that Uh, Let me uh, just open us in a word of prayer and then we're gonna get right into the word of Scripture so if you have your Bibles grab a comfortable chair maybe a notebook and a, a pencil or a pen and your Bible and open up to first Peter and we're going to continue on. We've been uh, working our way through first Peter and we're going to go rather slowly compared to our journey through Joshua, but there's so much here that we're discovering it's uh, we're just going to let it unfold as it does through by our kind of our word for word verse by verse study, and so let's uh, let's join together in prayer. Father, I'm thankful for the privilege and the opportunity to share Your Word. Pray that You would just um, quiet our hearts now, open our minds, open our ears, open our eyes to see what You have for us in Your Word. Help us to hear. What Peter is writing and what he wanted to proclaim and tell about your goodness, about your salvation, about your glory, about your sufferings, and about your plan. And Jesus, open our eyes to understand more of who you are, more of what you've accomplished, more of our need for you, and that you would just uh, speak to our hearts today as only you can our God and our Savior and we're just grateful and thankful in Jesus precious name amen so like I said grab your Bible and open up to 1st Peter and I'm going to be reading uh, chapter 1 verses 10 11 and 12 and we're going to take it from there First Peter, chapter one, verse 10. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was come to you, searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke the things that you have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. I titled the sermon today, Even Angels Long to Look. And it's amazing to think the privilege that we have uh, to have the entire Bible The 66 books, 39 in the old, 27 in the new, together in one book, in our hands, in our own language, in English, so that we can uh, read and understand and continue to grow in our understanding of God's word. And angels long to look into what we can look into. And I pray that we would just be... As diligent as we can, even more diligent than we are now, to continue to look into these things that are revealed in Scripture that even the angels would long to look into. So let's begin to unpack these verses. And verse 10, concerning this salvation. In the midst of the life and death and the seriousness of being scattered and being rejected and being persecuted, being cast out, being driven away, and the suffering that these readers are experiencing, these first readers and then many in our day to day suffering with all kinds of things. What Peter wants them to know, what Peter wants them to understand is not to miss this salvation to look and see what God has done and what God is doing, giving us new birth into a living hope, new birth into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ and a a birth and a resurrection which cannot fade or spoil or perish that's kept in heaven, this salvation that's been revealed. So when he's talking about concerning this salvation, he's referring back to verses 3. Four, five, six, seven, eight, and what he's previously told them. So if you're unfamiliar with those verses when we're done here, look at them again because of this salvation. Concerning this salvation, you need to stop right there and you say, What salvation? Ask yourself what salvation is he referring to? Uh, is, is Peter talking about when he says it concerning this salvation. It's the salvation that he did describe as the new birth into a living hope from the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, which is kept this faith and hope, which is kept in heaven, imperishable, unfading, unspoiled. And that even though tested by fire, our faith is strengthened in this hope and in this new birth that we have been given and in this salvation so it's uh, that's what he's describing and as i pondered again this week this living hope this salvation there's nothing like it anywhere in existence called living hope salvation there's many false imposters many false teachers many false ideas and theories and philosophies and there's many religions But there's nothing like this salvation concerning this salvation, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news about what God has done in Jesus and through Jesus, through his mercy, his great mercy and his grace that's been expressed in his son, Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, the coming king, the long and waited, expected one, the one who is to come. And like I said, there's other salvations have come and gone. Other salvations make promises they cannot deliver, they cannot keep. But this salvation, concerning this salvation, there's nothing like it. And if you don't understand that at this point in your journey in life, You need to ask yourself, why don't I know about this salvation? What is missing in my life because I don't know this salvation? Where's the peace I should have because of this salvation? So he's telling his readers to consider, consider, look into, understand, know this salvation, concerning this salvation. We don't have time right now to go into every uh, use of the word salvation in the old and new Testament, but I looked up some verses that, um, they'll just send you on a journey. If you just look up the word salvation alone, and here's some of the verses I found just first the word salvation. It, it means deliverance basically saving from trouble or danger or death, safety, preservation, removal of penalty. It has to do with forgiveness has to do with freedom, has to do with delivering from captivity, from slavery, and from sin. And so he's concerning this salvation. In his mind, he's thinking about what he himself has experienced in forgiveness, Jesus' forgiveness of when he denied him. Jesus' forgiveness uh, uh, offered to Peter afresh and anew. And the the forgiveness and love that he saw Jesus express as he walked on earth and all he knew about the Old Testament. In the book of Exodus chapter 15, it says this. Moses uh, singing a song with the people after they were delivered from Egypt. They said, Exodus 15 two, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Psalm 96, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Psalm 59, the Lord looked and he was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. Uh, he was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm worked salvation for him. And his own righteousness sustained him. Lamentations after Jerusalem was being destroyed, after it was being had been destroyed, the Book of Lamentations, Jeremiah's cry, it says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to those who seek him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And I hope in the midst of all the craziness of this season. I hope that you're waiting quietly, earnestly, diligently, seeking the salvation of the Lord. And so salvation, it's not just a one-time event. It's a continuous journey, a continuous process, a continually growing into understanding all that we are saved from and saved into. Psalm 98, sing to the Lord a new song for he has done marvelous things. His right hand, his only arm holy arm, have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. Isaiah chapter 12. In that day, you will say, I praise you, O Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So this salvation is concerning the salvation he's been describing and the salvation from the Old Testament. The salvation is basically the work of God through Christ to bring deliverance to his people. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you. And so I'm going to stop and camp just a little bit on this word, the prophets, because he's referring to all that they've been taught through the Old Testament. And this prophet were persons in the Old Testament to whom God had revealed himself, his will, his purposes, his nature, and through whom he proclaimed to the people his nature, his plans, his promises, his judgments. So the prophets were the people to whom God spoke and then they spoke to the people for God. They were God's representatives and the prophets spoke the truths of God about the current events and about the future. The prophets did not speak their own words but they spoke as they were inspired and carried along by the Holy Spirit. If you flip from first Peter to second Peter, one of the most important verses in all the Bible would be in First or Second Peter, chapter one, verse twenty and twenty-one. And maybe we to start with verse nineteen, Second Peter, chapter one, verse nineteen, and we have the word of the prophets made more certain. And you will do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all else, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. It it means that they didn't make up what they were saying. They heard from God and they spoke the word of God. They spoke what God told them to speak. In verse 21, look at what it says. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So Peter is saying concerning this salvation, those prophets that were carried along and inspired by the Holy Spirit, those prophets that God was using, those are the prophets that spoke concerning this salvation. Yes, there was. True prophets and there was false prophets. And we can't at this time go into how um, all that played out in the Old and the New Testament. The warnings about false prophets. The demonstrations about what a true prophet was. There were writing prophets. There were speaking prophets. And there were prophets that did both. They both spoke and they wrote. But look at what they spoke of. They the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, and it's interesting as I did some research and I looked up in the scriptures some of these verses that we um, that we consider. There was over three hundred prophecies in the Old Testament that were fulfilled in the New Testament in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we can't understand. We can't put them all together. But these prophets in the Old Testament, they were receiving a revelation from God about things that they were looking forward to, things that they couldn't quite understand. They would ask questions. It says that they searched intently and diligently to understand these things. And so I just want to point out that um, that's what Peter's talking about. He's talking about the Old Testament prophets who wrote about the coming of Jesus, who wrote about salvation, who wrote about um, all the way from. Pointing toward what God was doing in the beginning of preparing to send the Messiah, the Anointed One, to all the way through the crucifixion, the resurrection, to the future time, the culmination of all things. So I just want to point out a couple of those verses, like in Matthew chapter one, verse 22. Listen to what it says here. All this took place, talking about Jesus' birth. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophets and then the prophet quoting from Isaiah 700 years before Jesus was born. It says this in verse 23 of Matthew 122. The Lord will be with child and I'm sorry, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then interesting enough. During the time when uh, Jesus, after, soon after his birth and Herod, had uh, got news that there were these magi from the east coming. He got together, the scribes and the Pharisees, and they were trying to search the scriptures to find out what the prophets had said. And it's recorded there in Matthew chapter two, that um, when he asked the teachers, tell me, where was the Christ to be born? Uh, Matthew chapter 2 verse 5 in Bethlehem in Judea they replied for this is what the prophets had written but you Bethlehem in the land of Judea are by no means least among the leaders and the rulers of Judah for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel and then um, Herod talked about when and where this would happen and that's what it says here Peter says Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances. And that's what that we're looking at, the time and the circumstances. So then we read in the New Testament over and over. Matthew alone includes the word fulfilled 16 different times. About the Old Testament being fulfilled just in the story of the coming of Jesus and his birth. And look at my Matthew chapter three, verse three, speaking of um, the coming of John the Baptist to declare and teach about Jesus. It said this, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And Verse three, in the beginning of Matthew three, three, it says, this is he who was spoken of through the prophet, talking about John the Baptist, who would declare the coming of Jesus. And in uh, chapter 4, verse 14, leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. So the prophets that he's referring to here concerning this salvation, the prophets that spoke were the prophets of the Old Testament, and they used um, what God was revealing to them, what had been revealed, what had been made known by the Holy Spirit, as he says, to teach people what was coming, to give them a look into the unfolding of God's plan. I drew a little bit of of a picture here, and I know that it'll be hard to see But you can stop the camera and just see. So I have the the prophet pictured over here. And here's his vision. And what he sees is these different peaks. So here he's looking out and he's talking about, it says, if you read there, in them they were pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that were to come. Do you see that in verse 11? They were searching. These prophets searched. They looked into, they were trying to find out what God was telling them through the spirit and through in them when he was pointing and predicting the sufferings and the glories of Christ. And so I made this little chart from some of the notes I've studied and you have the cross and you have the throne. And so the prophet was looking forward and he could see and understand some things, the suffering the, the cross, the crown, the suffering, the glory, the crucifixion, the resurrection, the first coming, the second coming. Then there was near fulfillment and far fulfillment. There was the day of the Lord is coming, the long expected one, the Messiah. And then the day of the Lord is here. And so this was a just a picture in my simple way, trying to help you understand what Peter's saying is he looks forward to these things that he's talking about, and the, as the prophets were telling us. So, I'm going to go back in uh, the gospel and show you a very important verse in the gospel of Luke. If you just turn there to Luke chapter 24, show you a really interesting verse. When uh, after Jesus' resurrection, and there was a couple of his disciples walking along the road, and Jesus came to them and they were having a conversation. And he said, what are you guys looking so sad about? And he said, don't you know what's happening? So I'm going to pick up the story. And then in verse uh, chapter 24 of of Luke, verse 24, then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see him. And so verse 25 says, he said to them, that's Jesus talking to these Men, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So, Peter is saying these are the prophets that looked intently, they searched intently into their own writings, into their own sayings that were coming from God to try to figure out the time and the place, the person and the circumstances. And they were looking toward what God was doing. So go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, concerning this salvation. What salvation? The salvation that was promised long beforehand. The salvation, the deliverance that the prophets pointed to that God was doing in the sending of his Messiah, the sending of the coming one, the anointed one from Daniel, the one who would come riding on a donkey from, um, to Bethlehem, in Zechariah, all these prophets, Jeremiah, pointing to the coming of the Messiah. So concerning this salvation the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come searched intently and with the greatest care trying to find out the time and the circumstances some versions say the time and the person who is this what's going on and even though they had these revelations given to them they still only saw it dimly they can't they couldn't have known what we know now and we can't know what um will happen at the culmination of all things. We can look, but we only see dimly. And at the culmination of all things, then the full fulfillment, the full understanding, the full knowledge. And so this revelation, Peter uses the word revealed revelation five times in the first chapter because he himself has understood when he first met Jesus, he just looked at him as, as through his human eyes. And then little by little, as God revealed to him who he was, he would say things like, Be gone from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man, after he would understand more of who Jesus was. So, this salvation is something we grow up into. Uh, um, we're captured by it, we're amazed by it, we're in wonder of it, and yet we barely begin to understand all that we could understand as we look into the prophets and the apostles, the teachings. And so, uh, as we read verse 11, trying to find out the time and the circumstances through which the spirit of Christ in them, the spirit was working in these prophets pointing um, it, in them that was pointing when he predicted that is the spirit of God predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. So They searched intently. And if you read like in Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter one, it says, how long, O Lord, how long? When will you answer? When will you come? I'm going to read from Psalm chapter 13. Just listen to this verse, these phrases that describe how um, the sense of the Old Testament authors in Psalm 13, it says this. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Every day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, O oh Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say I will overcome him. My foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. That's faith in the midst of questioning, in the midst of struggling, in the midst of not having all the answers. It's looking into what we do know and looking with faith into the promises of the future, into what God is doing. So the time and the circumstances, the sufferings and the glory. And if you look through the Old Testament, you can see places like in Isaiah. Chapter 52, verse 13, all the way to Isaiah 53, that whole section describes the suffering of the Lord's servant, pointing to Jesus, graphically describing his crucifixion. You can read about Isaiah chapter 6, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Listen to this verse in John chapter 12, which talks about some of the things that the prophets were attempting to say in John chapter 12, uh, verse 41. It says this after they quote from the scriptures, it says Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus's glory and spoke about him. Isaiah saw the suffering in chapter 53. He saw the glory in chapter six and from chapter 54 to chapter 66 there's pictures of future glory future glory that is yet to come even now it hasn't arrived here yet the future culmination so we look and we see that God is at work and we can see the things he's done and and you can look at Daniel where he it said he he had visions given to him things that he pondered he didn't even fully understand himself and he was overwhelmed by them and he kept asking and looking to God to understand what was going on let me read just a couple of verses from the prophet Daniel in Daniel chapter 8 verse 27 it says this I Daniel well I better start with verse 26 the vision's Of the evenings and the mornings that have been given you is true. But seal up the vision for it concerns a distant future. I, Daniel, was exhausted and lay ill for several days. Then I got up and went about the king's business. I was appalled by the vision. It was beyond understanding. And then in uh, chapter uh, 9, verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures According to the word of the Lord given to the prophet Jeremiah, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So he himself is looking into the scriptures. He's studying Jeremiah. He's looking into what the prophecies say. He's looking into his own, asking questions. And in in chapter 12 of Daniel, verse 8 and 9, it says this. I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked my Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? So you think you've got questions? You think you've got some things that are discouraging? Even the prophets who had things revealed to them were asking questions like, oh, Lord, how long? Asking questions and saying, Lord, I heard, but I don't understand. My Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? And uh, it's the angel there replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until a time of the end. Many will be purified and made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. And so we have these verses in the Old Testament prophets. that say that they were getting revelations from God, and yet they were even still asking questions and searching these things out. Let me just read a couple more verses that would give insight into this. The next one is from Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 13. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So here's prophet Jeremiah revealing things, but yes, saying, still saying we need to seek the Lord to understand. Very interesting in the book of Proverbs. It has just a profound statement that um, in Proverbs chapter one, verse 20, it says wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. In the gateways of the city, she makes her speech. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. But since you rejected me when I called and no one gave heed when I stretched out my hands, since you ignored all my advice and would not accept my rebuke, And so God's just saying, listen, I wanted to pour out my heart to you. And he does that through the prophets. So Peter's trying to help these scattered people, these rejected people, these people who are going through suffering and loss and times of trial. He's trying to get them to get their eyes focused on the salvation that was promised. Concerning this salvation that even the prophets looked into. And yes, there's going to be questions. But diligently search. Go to the Lord. Ask the questions. Go to the scriptures. And God is a God of revelation. God is the God who gave us these scriptures so that we could anchor our faith and our hope in them during difficult times. And so the prophets, the theme of this section is what the prophets studied. They studied the revelations, the apostles preaching, and the Holy Spirit's anointing. And the angels, what they long to look into. And so we have this um, Peter directing their attention off of their circumstances onto the Lord. And these verses are just packed with information. And uh, so the the sufferings and the glories and the things that were revealed. Um, So verse 12, this word, I'm going to have to scurry along here as one of my teachers used to say in verse 12 it says it was revealed to them this idea of revealed or revelation it's to make known to remove the cover five times like I said in chapter one to lift their eyes off their circumstances and onto the Lord and I would ask you what have you been paying attention to lately the news and I'm not saying that uh, you shouldn't be informed. But I'm saying once you have enough information, turn off the TV, turn off the news, turn off the media, open up the scriptures, see what God has to say, see about his promises of salvation, see his faithfulness to his promises. Look to the Lord in the midst of the trouble. And part of that prophecy, I'm thinking about even in Isaiah chapter nine, when it says those people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Amos chapter three verse seven. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. So if we would spend more time in the scriptures, less time in the news, not that we would be uninformed, not that we would put our heads in our sand, in the sand, but if we're under stress, if we're under um, trouble, it seems to me that Peter's words, what he's trying to tell them is, listen, concerning this salvation, this is what you should be concerned with, your salvation, which was promised by the prophets, which was foretold uh, and proclaimed and declared by the apostles, which was anointed and issued forth by the Holy Spirit and which angels long to look into. I wanted to just turn your attention to another verse in the Paul's little letter to the Ephesians concerning this um, the prophets and it's in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 and it echoes so much of what Peter is saying consequently 219 you are no longer foreigners and aliens but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief's cornerstone. And so built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, the apostles took what the prophets had said. They interpret it. They they tweak it. They help it to take on the fresh and the new light of the New Testament and God's further revelation as God declares to them, shows them more and more and more of what he's doing. So that's what Peter's trying to get their focus off of being scattered, off of the persecutions, off of the difficulty and the struggle. They're always going to be there. But remember, those struggles are temporary. Those struggles are always going to be there. But remember, those struggles are proving and reproving our faith, which is worth more than gold. And those struggles are based in and grounded in a living hope. A living hope that's grounded and founded in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so concerning this salvation, let's just look at that one last time. Verse 10, concerning this salvation, the salvation, the Bible says in Acts, there's no other name under heaven by which men must be saved than the name Jesus. Concerning the salvation that Jesus is, the salvation that Jesus brings, His finished work of giving his life on the cross concerning this salvation. The prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you. Searched intently and with the greatest care. Trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing. When he, that is the spirit, predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. So these prophets weren't serving themselves. They didn't have to have all the answers. That's maybe um, we get all concerned about, oh, I have to have all the answers. I have to have all the answers. No, they were um, searching intently. And it was about the future generations. It was about the people who would be reading this so that they would be comforted. When they spoke of the things that have now been told to you by those who have preached the gospel to you. That's the the apostles there. Um, Peter, John, Paul, Timothy, Titus. These people that are the writers and the speakers of the New Testament. Those who walked with Jesus. Those who Jesus revealed himself to like Paul who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. I want to ask you, and I want to ask myself, how diligent have I been searching to understand the, the more of the fullness of this salvation that we've been given? Have I been caught up and distracted and my eyes are, Uh, Fixed on other things and my mind is reeling with other things instead of this salvation that even angels long to look into. How neglectful we are. How slow to learn and slow to see and understand what even angels long in long to look into and we have it in our hands and we. We will not understand everything as we look forward in the same way to the fulfillment of all that God's doing. And so that's what Peter's doing here. Rich, rich words. I would invite you to take some time this week. Look through the the word of God. Refresh your memory of some of these promises of the richness of the salvation that the prophets declared and the New Testament. The, the richness of the salvation that's declared in Jesus, the resurrection, the ascension, the exaltation of the Lord Jesus. It says in Philippians that even though he was uh, a man, he took on human nature. He did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. But let me turn to that in Philippians chapter two, where it talks about the exaltation of the one who humbled himself. It says, being found in appearance as a man, this is talking about Jesus in Philippians 2, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the future. It includes the present and the future. The present, we live in the days of the resurrection. We live in the grace. We look forward to the the coming and the culmination of all things. When every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So let's just close with a word of prayer. And I would encourage you to continue to study Continue to look into scripture, continue to drink deeply from the living hope that God poured out to us through his word, through his promises. And I guarantee that the word of God will enrich your lives. The word of God will bring stability and security to your lives. The word of God will bring joy to your life if you drink deeply from this well of his word, his revelation. And you would take counsel from Peter and apply what he wants us to apply to our lives. Father, we just thank you for your word. My, how quickly the time goes when we just um, begin to look into the promises we have. How many we can't even, how many hours it would take just to cover a handful of the many promises you've given us. Lord, I pray that you would keep our eyes fixed on you. That for those who are discouraged today, you would reaffirm their hope in you. That you would give them a fresh hunger and thirst for righteousness. That you would help them, God, to set aside the things that just distract and discourage. And help them to fix their eyes on you and your promises. And the privilege of knowing you and walking with you. Lord God, open our hearts to all that you have for us. In Jesus' precious and powerful name, amen. Well, friends, until we meet again, I hope to see you somewhere this week. I'll be praying for you as uh, you pray for me. And we'll move forward in our journey with the Lord with great joy. Amen.